This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Today, I'm talking with Dan Luer about his study on an increase in infections related to opiate injections. Dan is a public health registrar in England. Welcome, Dan. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Your study is about problems caused by the street use of opiate injections. Let's start with the basics. Are we talking about heroin use here? We are, yes. Heroin is an opiate. Um, in the UK, where we did this study, uh, probably about 9 out of 10 people who inject illegal drugs or psychoactive drugs inject heroin. Uh, the rest, the, the other 1 in 10 might inject a stimulant, uh, like crack cocaine, um, and some inject various drugs or, or mixture of drugs. Heroin is the most common, so we focused on that. Where was your study conducted, and why did you decide to do it? Well, it, I, I suppose the first thing to say is it's not a new issue. Um, this group has always had a big problem with bacterial infections, and various surveys that have been done in the past of people who use needle exchanges um, have all shown very high prevalence uh, of skin infections, perhaps 30 to 60 percent, varying widely uh, between different countries. We decided to look at it at this point in time because our colleagues uh, working in hospitals have been reporting lots of infections um, in people who inject heroin, so increases in things like spinal abscesses, um, infections of the bone and joints, and septicemia, and we wanted to know if there was a real increase so our study looked at hospital admissions for all NHS hospitals in England. Okay, Dan, tell us about the study itself. So we used uh, routine data that's collected by hospitals. All of the hospitals in England submit data to a national database, um, and that includes information like the patient's age, um, their sex, their diagnosis, which is the reason why they were admitted to hospital, um, and, and how long they're in hospital. So we focused on patients who were admitted, those who had a serious problem. We counted all of the patients who had uh, a diagnosis that's commonly related to injecting, such as uh, an abscess. And people who inject heroin often suffer from abscesses in, in their legs and groin, um, and where the hospital reported that use of an opiate had contributed to their admission. And there's a couple of um, limitations to point out. The first one is that this won't capture all of the cases um, that we're interested in. And sometimes the hospitals might miss out the opioid coding, um, either because they just forget or because they don't know the patient injects. Um, so that's the first one. And secondly, we don't actually know how many people inject heroin in the community. So we reported the number of admissions rather than the rate. Okay, so what kind of infections did you find? We mainly looked for soft tissue problems uh, like um, abscesses, that's a localized infection, and infections of the blood vessels. So those accounted for about 90% of the admissions in our study. We also looked for invasive infections, uh, infections of the blood, the heart, and the bones, um, and that's about the other 10%. They're all infections that are caused by bacteria. Other research in this field 
suggest that the source is usually the patient's own body and their own skin rather than from injecting partners. Uh, and in that sense, it's a different kind of problem to um, HIV or hepatitis C, which are um, viruses that often come to mind when we think about this group and are usually caught through sharing needles. We could also think about what kinds of infections in terms of the kind of bacteria that have caused them. And we had a look at the coding that hospitals uh, had recorded there. The most common species that came up was Staphylococcus aureus, and that's a bacteria that often colonizes the skin of, of healthy people but can cause serious problems if it's introduced into the body. And that's why cleaning the skin is really important before injecting. So people who, who inject drugs have got um, enormous relative risks of uh, serious infections that are caused by Staphylococcus aureus, like endocarditis. It seems that infections match the trends for use and deaths from overdose in the UK. Do you know why this is? Uh, well, y yes, you're right. There's been a big increase in deaths due to overdose, and opiates are often involved in those. Um, and despite the limitations that we talked about a moment ago, we can now also clearly see that there's a big uh, increase in injecting-related bacterial um, infections as well. And we don't know exactly why it is, but it's particularly interesting um, given that we usually think of um, injecting as a declining problem um, in this country and in, and in other higher-income countries too. One of the key dynamics that we might um, think of as a contributing factor is that the cohort of people who inject heroin is probably aging. Many of those people who inject today would have started in the, in the 1980s or the 90s and are becoming older and more susceptible to health problems. One of the really striking things in the study, um, in our study, is that number of missions in the youngest group that we looked at, which was those aged 15 to 34, um, increased. Uh, and that's really striking because we normally, we, we've normally thought that the number of younger people injecting heroin is decreasing over time. So I think this study raises lots of important questions as to uh, why we're seeing a lot more health problems in this group. Um, and we've got questions like, has the number and type of people injecting changed in ways that we weren't aware of? Is there a new group of injectors, um, potentially younger injectors, uh, who haven't been visible to us so far? Uh, are there changes to healthcare or addiction treatment services that might have made this group more vulnerable to infection? Um, and also potentially have injecting practices um, amongst people who inject heroin changed? Uh, so, for example, some people use lots of um, acids, such as citric acid, to dissolve their drugs before they inject it, and that can damage the skin and soft tissue around the injecting site and make them more susceptible uh, to infection. Um, and it's, I, I guess a, a couple of the things that I've been saying so far are kind of pointing towards the difficulty of collecting data on this group, and traditionally their health has been hard to monitor for that reason. Uh, health services often don't record the fact that their patients inject drugs. Um, and when we try to do more traditional epidemiological studies, um, there are lots of logistical challenges. Um, and w one option that we're thinking about 
more at the moment is linking data from specialist services that treat this group to other healthcare uh, data sources to try and track people a bit more systematically. Is there a way to contain this problem and stop it continuing to worsen? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, Lots of the infections are very serious and potentially life-threatening, but they generally are preventable um, and patients can make full recoveries. This is common good practice for people who inject heroin um, and other drugs, and that includes cleaning the skin before injecting, using new sterile injecting equipment, avoiding injecting uh, into the groin or um, under the skin as opposed to uh, into veins. Uh, That's sometimes called skin popping. And if infections do happen, then prompt treatment and wound care um, are needed. So those aren't aren't new um, ideas, but in public health, we're always trying to find ways to increase those kind of practices in the community. And we also need to design services in ways that are accessible uh, and sensitive to the stigmatizing nature of uh, injecting uh, wounds. And when, when people have wounds, which has, as we've um, covered already, it's very prevalent in this group, people often don't want to present them to healthcare services because they see them as something that's quite unpleasant, Um, or perhaps just a normal part of injecting rather than something that needs attention. And that can mean that they present very late and get some of the more serious kinds of infections that um, lead to hospital admission. So we hope to design services that can encourage people to get their wounds checked more quickly and treated more quickly. Dan, would you care to tell us about your job and your public health interests? Yes. um, I'm a public health registrar uh, and... In England, that's kind of the equivalent of a public health um, or a preventative medicine residency in the U.S. Uh, I'm interested in using data that's routinely collected by the health services here to understand and gain more insight into the health of marginalized groups. Um, And the reason I'm interested in that is because I think that the more we can quantify the extreme poor health and the extreme inequalities Uh, that we can see in people who are homeless or suffering from addiction or earning money through sex work, for example, the more we can show the value of investing in the health and well-being of those groups. And people, so in in this study, for example, we've seen the very uh, high numbers of extremely adverse outcomes like sepsis after an injecting site infection and the cost to those individuals and to health services can be very high. Thanks so much, Dan. I've been talking with Dan Luer about his August 2017 article, Opiate Injection-Associated Skin, Soft Tissue, and Vascular Infections, England, UK, 1997 through 2016. Listeners can read the entire article online at cdc.gov eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.